Welcome to Writers' Festival Radio. My name is Sean Wilson. I'm the Artistic Director of the Ottawa International Writers' Festival. Thank you for listening and for donating. Your support allows us to continue to celebrate and spotlight great writing and important ideas. Our official bookseller is Perfect Books, and I know wherever you are right now, there's an independent bookseller nearby who would be more than happy to sell you some great books. We're broadcasting from the unceded and unsurrendered territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabeg. We recognize our obligation as settlers on this land to work to repair the harms perpetrated upon Indigenous communities and acknowledge the ongoing trauma colonialism has inflicted and continues to inflict on First Nations, Métis, and Indigenous peoples. It's my great pleasure to present this conversation between Danny Ramadan and Hassan Namir. Our host, Danny Ramadan, is a Syrian-Canadian author and LGBTQ refugees advocate. His debut novel, The Clothesline Swing, won multiple awards. He also published a widely acclaimed children's book, Salma the Syrian Chef. I'm so excited to hear his second novel, The Foghorn Echoes, will be out next year. Here's Danny Ramadan to introduce us to Hassan Namir. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for listening today. My name is Daniel Ramadan. I'm a Syrian-Canadian author of fiction and children's uh, books. I'm also here today with my friend Hassan Nemer, uh, who is going to talk to me about his new book uh, of poetry, uh, Umbilical Cord. Hi, Hassan. Hi, Danny. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my God, it's my pleasure. I love, love, love talking to you. We have been... Uh, friends for a while, you came to my night of storytelling, so I'm really excited about this interview. Before we uh, go ahead, my uh, duties means that I have to read a bio, and I love reading bios. Nobody loves reading bios, but here we go. Uh, Hassan Nemer is an Iraqi-Canadian author. He graduated from Simon Fraser University with a BA in English and received the Ying Chen Creative Writing Student Award. He is the author of God in Pink 2015, which won the Lambda Literary Award for Best Gay Fiction and was chosen as one of the top 100 books of 2015 by The Globe and Mail. His work has also been in media across Canada. He is also the author of poetry book War Torn 2019, released by Bookhug uh, Press, which received the 2020 Barbara Gittings Honor Book Award from the Stonewall Book Awards and the children's book, The Name I Call Myself, which also was released in 2020. Hassan lives in Vancouver with his husband and child. So happy to have you here with me today, Hassan. Thank you so much, Habibia, likewise. So can you tell me about this book, Umbilical Cord? Can you tell me when did you come up with the idea for the collection that reflects on your family, on the generational relations between yourself, uh, your husband and child, as well as, well as your father? Yeah, absolutely. So it started off um, around 2018, 2019, when Tarn and I were ready to sort of start our family journey together. Um, at the time, my sister-in-law has offered to be our surrogate when we got engaged in 2012, and then she asked, uh, offered again in 2019. Um, but we completely forgot about it. So when we were sort of like ready to start, we asked a few friends, and then then we remembered, oh my God, Kieran had offered to us. So we called her, and, um, and she was living in Alberta at the time, and she said immediately, she said, yeah, I, w- I would love to do this for you guys. 
dollars. So we were like over the moon and we were like, okay, ready, let's do this. Uh, we tried the turkey baster method um, at first um, and that didn't work. So we thought maybe, maybe we should go through IVF and through all the fertility clinic in Vancouver. So um, we went through a bunch of screenings and everything. And then, um, and then she moved here with us and, you know, and went through the fertility med meds and everything. And around that time, when just after she just got pregnant and we were so happy, I, I immediately knew that I wanted to write a poetry book about this whole experience to sort of share with everybody, share about what happened and also may inspire other people, like, you know, other queer families and other families in general. So I started thinking about the idea and what I wanted to write about. So I wanted to sort of focus on like my love story with Tarn, our, our engagement, our wedding. Um, and then after that, uh, the, the whole journey like of, for the IVF. So I wanted to capture the surrogacy journey as well as like um, up to one year when Malik was born. So up, up until he turned uh, one year. Uh, he was born six weeks early, so that was also an experience that, of course, we were, you know, we, you know, experienced, and we spent time in the NICU for two weeks. So all these, all these experiences really inspired me to write the book, and I wanted to really show everything, like as much as I could, of what actually happened to our story, and from the beginning of our love story up until Malik turned one, and yeah, and I wanted to, you know, capture um, poems as well about my family, as well as uh, you know, a love letter to Tarn, Malik, my parents, and my family in general. And um, and also just a bunch of uh, dear child letters to Malik that I wrote throughout this whole experience as well too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The thing that stood out the most to me as I was reading the uh, book of poetry is how much queer joy there is in that. Uh, you have chosen to focus on the positive throughout the experience. There was a lot of uh, wonderful moments where. Um, I felt your joy in your relationship with your husband, with your child, uh, even when you were talking about difficult um, disconnections, um, you managed to find that joyful moments in there. So can you tell me more about your um, your queer joy, your relationship to the queer joy in general? For sure. Um, you know, like my first poetry book, War Torn, was sort of capturing that struggle of reconciliation with my own identity. But this book captures the opposite of it, finding that joy. After years of struggle, you know, with, I went through depression as well as like, you know, losing my family, like um, especially my dad and everything. I, I wanted this book to sort of show a part of my life where I am at, which is like, you know, my happiness, having Tarn and Malik in my life and my family by my side as well. So I wanted to really show that queer families are filled with love, just like any other family, you know, just because, you know, there's two dads or two moms and non-binary parents, it doesn't mean that this, this child cannot grow in, with, you know, within love. And I wanted to capture that, that we're just like any other family, we're full of love and joy and happiness. And and that's where how I felt every day, you know, having Tarn and Malik by my side. I'm just filled me with love. I wake up in the morning, just like grateful to God, you know, for having these two in my life, you know. So I wanted to really capture that to show that queer families are just like any other families, filled with joy, love, happiness. Um, and even though they struggle and, you know, maybe society may not fully accept it yet, at the end, so long, you know, we have one another and so long there's all that love in the world, that's all that matters really. And uh, it's not up to others to understand, it's it's mostly for us to accept our own selves and just be happy with, with, with having each other by our side for sure. And I have to say, to be honest, like I see this joy, uh, we're friends on Facebook and I see the posts that you, uh, the pictures of Malik, uh, the, uh, um, the uh, pictures between you and your husband, uh, you were going to Family Feud as well. I think the episode yeah. will release anytime soon. Uh, 
Yeah, it starts on Tuesday. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, Tuesday, give me the date because I don't know when. Uh, Tuesday, October 26th at 7.30 p.m. Pacific or Eastern Time. Yeah, so people will go and see that uh, episode as well. But what I wanted to say is that it was inspirational to me because as, as, a, as a person who's also queer, who's also brown, uh, who came from that side of the world, these kind of experiences... They, they don't come naturally, if that makes sense. They're not easy to, to accomplish. So I'm sure you navigated that uh, personally, but can you tell me about the relationship between that experience and the community at large that you are part of? Do you feel that you were doing work that was inspiring for others? Do you, did you feel that as a burden, as a responsibility maybe? Or did you just want to live your life the way it is and, and, and share it with that joy? Yeah, I mean, especially when I wrote like God in Pink and even War Torn, I wanted to sort of give the oppressed queer uh, folks out there a voice, a platform as well, that their stories are out there, that they exist, that they're not being erased. You know, like coming from the Middle East, um, it's tough, you know, because being queer is not socially accepted. Uh, you know, it goes to the extreme that some will get killed and executed. And, you know, a lot of a lot of leave the countries like, you know, Syria and Iraq and other countries because they can't be true to themselves. So I was hoping when I wrote this, I wanted to, for this to be all a message of hope for these oppressed folks out there that that um, can't be true to themselves. And I wanted to sort of show them that it is possible to live your authentic self. Um, it may not be, I know sometimes it's easier said than done, especially, you know, I mean, I imagine if I live back at home still, I don't think I would have been able to marry a man, you know, and be and, and have a child. I'd probably end up marrying a woman because my family, otherwise I'll probably get killed. Let's be honest here, right? So there's always that fear, right? And so, I mean, we're lucky, we're lucky we live in, you know, in such a country that, that, allows us to be our authentic selves and accept us for who we are and allows us to be true to ourselves. Um, I imagine, yeah, otherwise I wouldn't have been able to have a husband and, and a son if we were living in another country. So yeah, I, I wrote this just, I want, I want to give, I want to let others know that it's, it's, you can live yourself. Um, and it's, and it's okay to do that. I know it may not be easy. And I, I went through a lot of, my life has not been easy for sure. I went through a lot of struggle, um, through a lot of lack of acceptance. I'm lucky that I have a you know, a lot of people that my chosen family that love love me and accept me for who I am. But there's a lot of others that that don't accept me for who I am, and it's been really hard. You know, that's why um, I added some poems where I was going through like depression and stuff because I was really struggling to sort of find happiness, find the light out there. And I wanted to sh add that because that was part of the whole experience that I struggled to get to where I was today. Um, but it's it's all part of that. It's all part of the experience. Like, um, I'm lucky to have experienced that. I wouldn't have appreciated the happiness when I feel if, if I didn't go through, you know, the sadness and the, through the struggle. So it's all part, part of that whole experience for sure. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you're, you're, you're always positive. I have known you now for, I don't know, I arrived here in 2014 and I think I got to know you in 2015. And yeah. you've always had this positive, um, this positive uh, view of the world around you. Um, but one thing that stood out to me between, because I read uh, God in Pink in 2015, 2016, I think, <laughs> um, and I just finished reading uh, this book. And while they are two different forms of art, uh, one is a novel and the other is a collection of poetry, I noticed maturity in there. I noticed that your writing has matured, has gained a lot of uh, insightful um, uh, views. So 
Can you tell me about that experience of maturing? If you were to compare where you were when you wrote God in Pink and where you are when you wrote, um, and as we are talking about umbilical cord. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel like I've you know I've, I've changed a lot as a writer, um, and I think it's through these lived experiences. Whereas uh, God in Pink was um, you know was my first book, but I definitely I feel like you know I def my writing has changed a lot since then. You know, like I've um, through my life experiences, I've I've just been reading a lot of also books as well. Like I've just been reading a lot more, and I think it was it's where I where I am today as well too. You know, like um, I've definitely I, when when I first wrote God in Pink, I was still living back at home with my family and you know and I was in a very different spot then um you know it was just my very first writing um stuff that I've ever you know written so whereas you know uh, war, uh sorry umbilical cord it's just been like it's it's years since like it's about six six seven years later that when I wrote that book so definitely yeah like I definitely feel like I'm in a different spot in my life as well today where as opposed to where I was before where I was before I was going through a lot of you know stress and a lot of you know anxiety so that sort of reflect the book itself reflected that I was just going through a lot of like things happening all at once like so much so much so many things happening at, at the same time so sort of reflected in that work itself got a that jump back and forth you know and at times it, it can be you know it can create may not create a you know pleasant experience as well for sure but that's how that's where I was at the time whereas you know in book card I'm just you know I'm much more relaxed much more calm now you know and just much more happier and content with with where I am today so I just think um yeah like it's just much more grounded I think the, the writing itself um so you know years later for sure that's how I would say in comparison for sure yeah I definitely felt that I definitely definitely felt that 100 percent um there was a jittery feeling to uh god in pink um as if you're typing while shaking uh but here your voice was so steady as you were writing those poetry um those poems it just it it felt um that it has authority if that makes sense and i really like that well speaking about the poems how about you read us one of your poems we agreed you're going yeah. to read me some so yeah. let's do it absolutely let's do it um i'm gonna read uh, daycare daycare time is a fleeting space between us months passed like seconds feeling separated tears dwelling i write this poem as a parent Anxiety is overflowing me. I miss you when you're learning. I'm writing this poem when time is virtual. Our emotions are cyclical. I wrote this poem outside. My heart, a seesaw of emotions, until I saw your smile outside. Mm. Mm. All right. Um, I want you to try something with me. I want you to take a very deep breath. And I want you to think back at the time that you wrote this poem, when that poem was being created, whether you wrote it on a pen or a paper, or you, you typed it on a computer. And I want you to tell me where were you? How was that writing experience? Yeah, that was just the moment where we dropped Malik to daycare for the first time. And I was just sitting in the car, like Tarn was driving me to work. And I was actually typing it on my iPhone, like on the note section. Because I was just, it was the first time he was like, you know, us being separated. Because I, I took about a year off from work um, on a parental leave. So I let, I went back just under a year to work um, because, you know, it just wasn't financially um 
okay for us. So we were like, I should just go back to work. And um, I think he was also ready to go to daycare. And at that moment, I was just feeling a lot of emotions, a lot of like kind of separation, anxiety, a lot of sadness. So I was just typing it um, on my phone up. Um, and as I'm feeling it, I'm like, oh my God, Tarn, like, I don't know how I feel right now. I'm really sad. I'm going to work. He was dropping me off to work um, on my day job. And I was just feeling all these emotions. And yeah, like just, it was my first time us separate, being separated because we spent so much time together. So yeah, it was just a, all the feels. I know, I knew at the time that it was also for the better because I know he's gonna, he was going to learn. So it was a bittersweet moment, but it was just, yeah, it was also very sad because, you know, him leaving me, you know, for the first time, I definitely felt like, you know, like that, like that mother, you know, being separated from her child. So I was really sad, but I was also hopeful. I knew he was just, you know, he's going to like daycare as well too. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And let's, let's do another experiment with this poem. So <laughs> if you were, if you didn't write it back then, and if you were to write it right now, uh, looking back at that moment, um, would it be different? Would you, would you see it from a different perspective? Or do you feel that you, you still capture that same feeling of, of separation anxiety? Yeah, I mean, I think if I write it now, I think um, there's a bit of, I'm not as, of course, I'm not as sad anymore because I know he's definitely, daycare has changed him a lot for the better, for sure. So it will probably be maybe much more, it might be a bit much happier if I write it today because I know that daycare was, was an amazing, it's an amazing, it's doing so much good things. But yeah, like I, I still have that nostalgia when I look back, I'm just like, oh wow, like th that was a moment that I was, I was definitely had really strong feelings. And if I look back at it now, I probably have similar feelings, but maybe not as strong because like, of course, think time has, has changed since, but I, I would still, I still would, you know, feel, feel miss, I'd miss him a little bit, but I, it's much more happier because I know he's definitely has improved a lot and learned so much since uh, while being in daycare. It's been almost like two years now that he's been going to daycare. So definitely much more happier for sure now if I would revisit it. All right. Uh, how about you read us one more poem? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to read one of the Dear Child poems that I wrote. Dear child, can you hear my whispers? I don't know what I did to deserve you. I love you more than anything. I'm learning to be patient. I am still waiting for you. Mm. Mm. I love that. I love that the child... Um, tell me about it first before I, I, I bring my assumptions into the poem. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me about the time that you wrote this poem? Yeah, so this was actually while Kian was pregnant, I, I wrote this poem because I'm like anxiously waiting for his arrival, you know, like, and um, so I wrote that, um, I, I wrote that while, I, and I read it to him while Kieran, because Kieran lived with us um, throughout the pregnancy. So I, I wrote that. And I'm just like, wow, like, you know, I, 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 I can't wait to meet you. I'm trying to be as patient as I can, to, um, wait, waiting for you. But it's, it's hard sometimes, you know, like, because you're just like, why does it have to be nine months? Can't he come sooner than that? But yeah, that's how I felt, you know just trying to be fit yeah for sure <laughs> exactly right can't you imagine right so yeah so I wrote that um, I was at home you know like at the time it was I think I believe it was on a weekend when I wrote that and uh, and then I wrote it to him while uh, like uh, like with Kieran there and I just like read it to the stomach you know stomach hoping that he could just hear me you know um, yeah so yeah, like that's when I wrote it around that time. I love that. Um, can you tell me about the Dear Child series? I think there's around twenty. If I'm, I'm nobody asked me about yeah. numbers, please. But I think that there's yeah. a lot of Dear Child um, 
uh, stories in there. Can, yeah, can you, yeah. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so um, it was it sort of started off when as soon as like we found out that Kin was pregnant, I started writing like love letter like letters to Malik like and and at the time I wasn't sure if it's gonna be Malik or Malika. I mean, we already had sort of names picked out um, uh, right after when we found out that Kin was pregnant. So we thought, okay, so if it's gonna be a boy, we wanted Malik, and if it's a girl, Malika. So I I didn't um, I I didn't write. So I just wrote dear child because I just wasn't sure if it, if it's gonna who it's gonna be. So I just uh, wrote started writing these um you know dear child and um and i i wanted to sort of include it like after each two poems i'd have a dear child poem in the book um both shazia hafiz ramji and i like my amazing editor and uh, shout out to shazia we agreed that um, that should be like the structure of it um to sort of highlight you know my love for you know malik and my excitement my fears my doubts as well as like just like all the feels like that i was feeling throughout this so a lot of them were written like while kieran was pregnant and others were written after she had malik up until he turned one so i kept writing these throughout um throughout the um uh, book and i wanted to include them spread them out not just have them all at once but kind of spread, spread uh, sorry spread them out so kind of take a break after two poems you you know uh, the, the readers will read a dear child poem and yeah just it's just essentially just my my expressing my love and uh, for malik throughout throughout this for sure Mm-hmm. And uh, were they written chronologically? Are they presented in the book the way that the according to the line, timeline that you wrote them, or did you? I, I played around with them for the book, but I think I I was I was writing them chronologically, like in in relay. But I wanted to sort of I wanted to highlight the ones where, like, if I wrote some poems that are related to that particular dear child poem, I I put it right after those two poems to kind of to have sort of like um like a rhythm and also like to kind of make more sense like uh, uh, story wise, you know. So um, so yeah, like I I move things around for sure um in terms of um the poems, but the but I knew like they were like uh, after each two poems I would have one for sure that that was always the case, but but I moved some around for sure, um and I rewrote a couple of them um in the editing stage um just to kind of like give it more uh, give it another touch it just make so that it makes more sense as well too for sure. Mhm mhm. And I was planning, I was keeping this question for later, but we kept bringing up Shazia and editing stage. Can you tell me about the relationship between a, a poet and uh, their editor, specifically between you as Hassan and Shazia, who, uh, shout out to Shazia, she is a fantastic uh, person. Uh, she's a dear friend, so uh, shout out to her. But can you tell me more about your experience with her? For sure, working with Shazia is just a joy. Um, I was lucky enough to work with her on uh, War Torn, um, and and I'm I'm lucky enough also to work with her on Umbilical Cord. Her and I were just like we understand our po- like she understands my poetics and um, we we get it from like you know working with her on War Torn just such an amazing experience. Um, you know she brought the best out of it. Like sometimes she told me, well this um, you know rewrite this this might not work you know. And we worked on like you know the, in terms of the structure together. She helped me find the structure with um, War Torn because it was my very first poetry book. So um, I'd even have titles for um, when I when um, when I wrote the manuscript. Whereas this one I I sort of knew like I I had titles and I and I and I knew how the structure was going to be because I knew uh, what to expect, like in terms of making sure it, it's as good as it, as it can be. And she, one of the things that she actually suggested, it was her idea to have uh, photos in this book. Um, I, I wasn't sure at first, just because like I didn't know like how Tarn would feel, you know, and all that. But when she mentioned it, and I brought it up to Tarn, and Tarn was like, "Oh, absolutely," you know. And it really, and the reason why she said to include it because some of the poems talked about photographies and photos, and she thought that it could really, ha- you know, elevate these poems. And and she's a yeah. 
yeah, she's absolutely right. I agreed with her. And, um, you know, and I started think, thinking about which photos to include and I uh, chose about 10 photos. So the photo would sort of mark a new uh, section change. Uh, we thought to have that uh, because really there was no um, no sections. Like we didn't have, uh, in Mortal we had like sections like titled, but this one, there's no section titled. Sort of like a non-linear, like an umbilical cord where being, going back and forth between the past and present and a bit of the future. But the fo each photo would, would uh, highlight a new like new section in that sense. Um, yeah, it was an amazing idea. She, um, and um, her and I always like see eye to eye. Like um, she really, she's awesome. A huge shout out to Shazia. You're an amazing poet and an amazing editor. So awesome. Very, you know, always, oh, she understands, she understands things. So it's always, it's always such a joy working with her each time. Mm-hmm. And I, you're, you're jumping all of my questions, my friend. Like my next question was <laughs> about the photos. So I'm happy that you brought them up. I specifically, I'm looking at the photo on page 98. So uh, the one between pregnancy symptoms and the dear child, take your time fighting through it all. Uh, the one where uh, Malik is um, mm. resting between um, two folks' hands. Uh, can you tell me about this photo? Can you tell me about that moment? Yeah, absolutely. So we uh, went, um, we got some Christmas photos done. Um, and that was, uh, he was just, um, he just turned, um, he was just a couple months old because he, he was born in October 26th. And this was in December, around December 12th is when we went. So we went with our photographer, uh, Tina Cleland, shout out to Tina. And she, we went to her house, it was a studio. And um, so she took a bunch of photos and she wanted to do specific like angles. So this was one of these photos, it was my hand and Tarn's hand and whole Holding Malik's feet, and I and and it was just like so. It was just such a. It was now that, that, that I look back at it, it's so nostalgic to see, to remember remember um, how beautiful that moment was. He was so tiny, still like he was like up, just still like about six seven pounds. Like he was so because he was born about with three pounds, and he was just so tiny still. So just holding him and just like and and um, and you know you, you don't really see his face, but just his his feet, us holding his feet, and just shows that love, like you know that binding love between the three of us. And I really thought of of, of, of including that that moment in, at that particular time, you know, just to show that will always be there, you know, that will always have his back and always hold him, you know. So yeah, quite nostalgic for sure, you know. So it's definitely my favorite photo. It's definitely my favorite photo in the um, in the ten photos that you had. Um, uh, his birthday is October twenty sixth. Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow or the day after, isn't it? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, we're we're recording this for those who's listening. We're recording this on Sunday, the twenty fourth of October. So. Um, so happy birthday to Malik. How, how old is he? Thank you so much. He's going to turn two this year. So I can't believe it already. <laughs> Time sure flies. <laughs> uh, baby, I, he's the cutest child I've ever so seen. Ah, I live. All right. So, uh, one last poem. How about you read, yeah. you read me one more poem, please? Yeah, absolutely. I'll read you the last poem. This one is called I am a mother. It's near the end of the, the book. I am a mother. When I was young, I wanted to be a girl. I like playing with Barbie dolls. I love belly dancing. I love imitating divas. I had baby Barbies. I knew I wanted to be a mother. Yet I'm a man with motherly feelings. I moved on with those feelings. I had to be a man and marry a woman. I could only be a father, not a mother. I didn't have breasts. 
I had empty nipples. I realized I didn't have to wear a dress to be a mother. It's not an appearance, it's a feeling. I've always been the one worrying about everyone. I could be a man who loves another man. When daddy's at work, I am drawn to you the way the umbilical cord is a feeling. I am a mother. Mm. Mm. What a beautiful ending for the book. I also stood there with that poem and I felt um, the gravity of it, to be honest. Um, one thing that I, I, I wanted to ask you is that you don't attempt to separate between you as the poet and the speaker of the poems. That is something that's not very common among poets. Usually poets like to uh, create the speaker's character and then build their poetry around it. But there was a lot of honesty, a lot of directness in uh, writing this, this book and including personal details, including photos. Um, can you tell me about how you felt as you were literally opening up all of your feelings to the um, to the reader in this book? Yeah, like this is my most sort of personal poetry book. Like the, the poetic voice is actually me throughout. There's one poem that Tom wrote that I, that I loved it so much I wanted to include it in it and I gave him the credit, but all the other ones are all my voice, um, my, my stories, my, my feelings for sure. Um, whereas in, you know, in, in War Torn, um, it had multiple voices, like, you know, voices of like, of the oppressed queer folks, but this one was was all me, so I I wanted to sort of ground that with that sense that that my you know my stories, my voice throughout this, and the things that I went through from you know from the very beginning up until you know uh, up until Malik turned one. So so the experiences that I saw, I um, you know while I was writing this, I was just looking back at the things that I've experienced, and some of them were just like brought back a lot of memories. It also brought back, you know, like uh, my my feelings while I, I wrote this. So it's it's my story. It's, um, you know, my voice. Um, at times, yes, I was like, I had a bit of fe like fears and you know, doubts on my, I was like, am I too open about this? Um, should, should I like change something? Should I, um, is this too personal? I thought about that. But then I'm like, I'm like, no, I should just keep it because I, I you know, I am at my most, you know, open and at my most, and it sort of let, sets me free by by putting it on paper. Um, it's it's a feeling that I really like, you know, like um, that took over any fears um, that I was feeling throughout writing this. At the end, I'm just like when I when it got published, I just like I feel so much better that you know it's out there, and um, you know, and I'm I'm okay with it. I'm happy. I'm I'm not I'm not afraid anymore. And um, I'm you know, and it's my most personal, but the, but I I want this to share it with the world. I'm not afraid, you know? So that's how I felt at the end of it. But I was, while writing it, I was going through some fears for sure. Um, just kind of like worried about how people would sort of like, you know, take it and, and interpret it. And, and I'd ask myself, am I being too open? But then I was just like, I'm just going to write it. And, you know, it will definitely, I'll just feel much better about it for sure. Yeah, yeah. It did feel like it's part memoir, part book of poetry. It felt like you were tiptoeing a very tightrope between the two genres. So um, I really appreciated that about um, the book. So um, tell me, what are you working on nowadays? 
Um, I just finished a children's book um, that I that I wrote, um, Banana Dream, and I'm also working on a novel, um, a novel Felicity was an island, um, and I I just like um, just outlined another novel, but it's, it's just being in the process. But yeah, I'm just editing my current novel right now, working with my agent. But yeah, just enjoying that. Um, taking a break from poetry right now because um, now that uh, Mbugo Core came out, just focus focusing on other genres right now. But um, I might write another poetry book in the future, but not yet. Maybe a couple of years from now for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming this afternoon and talking with me today, Hassan. Thank you so much, Danny. Likewise, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You're listening to the Ottawa International Writers Festival's podcast. Your host today was Danny Ramadan. That's moi. And I was uh, having the pleasure of the company of Hassan Namir and his latest uh, book of poetry, uh, Umbilical Cord. This is a fantastic book. Please go ahead and uh, purchase it, borrow it from uh, libraries, uh, scream about it from rooftops. This is uh, a fantastic collection and I highly recommend it. Thank you again and good night. As always, I want to thank you for listening and for supporting authors and booksellers through these difficult times. The only thing better than buying a great book is buying one from a great independent bookseller. If you enjoy the podcast or any of our virtual programming, please consider making a charitable donation. I want to thank the Ottawa Public Library, the Government of Canada, the Government of Ontario, the City of Ottawa, the Ontario Arts Council, the Canada Council for the Arts, Carleton University, and CBC for their ongoing support. This podcast is produced by Aaron Flynn, original music and sound engineering by Mike Dubay, Kira Harris is our program director, and I'm Sean Wilson. Thank you for listening. Thank you.